0: Hello everybody and welcome to April of 1992. In the news this month, Mafia boss John Dottie is found guilty of 5 murders, plus conspiracy to murder, loan sharking, illegal gambling, obstruction of justice, bribery, and tax evasion. NHL players begin their first strike in 75 years. Wrestlemania 8 goes down at the Hoosier Dome, Hulk Hogan defeats injustice by disqualification, Randy Savage beats Ric Flair for the WWF heavyweight title. And finally, the jury acquits the Los Angeles Police Department on charges of excessive force in the beating of Rodney King, sparking the massive riots in L.A. Welcome back to another episode of Be Kind, Please Rewind, a 90s movie podcast.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Be kind, Please Rewind, a 90s movie podcast. I'm your host, Eric.
0: I'm Kevin.
2: And I'm Chris.
0: And Chris, you go last because that's what you deserve.
2: Well, right now, probably. Uh, behind, behind the scenes, magic is not so magical.
0: <laughs> so this is a month of movies where they recorded things and edited them and put them on screens. And published them and let people I'm- watch them and...
2: I'm going to go on record. This is our worst month since January of 1990.
0: <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> definitely not true, bro. Not even close. But but it wasn't fun. So <laughs> let's get right into it Other unless anybody has any notes about this. No, month.
2: I got no notes. Let's just talk about this garbage trash month.
0: <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Who starts it off? Eric? What do we have? We have f- 15 titles this month, which is a lot of titles.
1: Well, we're in the month of April of 1992, and coming in at number 15 is Brain Donor. Pulling in $860,000, we have a comedy. Three manic idiots, a lawyer, cab driver, and a handyman, team up to run a ballet company to fulfill the will of a millionaire. Stooge-like antics result in a trio try to outwit the rich widow. Mark's brother's tribute to a night at the opera. Ooh!
0: So I, I thought if, Kevin
1: would like that. I know he's a big Marx
0: Brothers person. I'm a humongous Marx Brothers fan, and this sounds like a dog shit movie. <laughs> it it does. It was hard to even find stuff about this movie. Uh,
1: director is Dennis Dugan. Uh, he's an actor and a director. He does a lot of Adam Stanley movies. He directed Grown Ups One and Two, Jack and Jill, Saving Silverman, Big Daddy. So he's got big movies.
2: Love this Saving just Silverman not one of and Big Daddy. Yeah,
1: but,
2: yeah. All those other movies, though.
0: <laughs> They were all decent um, it, does, it does have John Tutoro in it Grown Ups 1 and 2 Is the biggest offense to any viewer ever It's all these jerk offs That are friends hanging out on screen And not being funny And getting paid tens of millions Of dollars for it Like I'm offended that they charged me to watch that movie
1: Well if you paid for it You're an idiot I watched it when it came out on cable
2: I never watched it at all Because I knew it was going to be that garbage All
0: right. Uh, anything
1: else Eric? um it also has <laughs> i like this mel smith if you don't know who this guy is he was the pit of despair guy in princess bride
0: nice is that the <laughs> guy with the guy. blonde hair and the mole Yep. i like that all right that's cool moving and on that Chris- all right
2: coming in at number 14 is a movie called delicatessen it's a black comedy that earned 1.7 million dollars A post-apocalyptic surrealist black comedy about the landlord of an apartment building who occasionally prepares a delicacy for his odd tenant. Now, I kid you not, that is the only description of this movie I could find.
0: I like that. I like the weirdness of that, though. Who's in it? Nobody that I've ever
2: heard of, or that you could have possibly ever heard of.
0: Any director?
2: It was directed by two people, and you know, they say... Two directors are always better than one <laughs>
0: that's of course they do <laughs> when the first one quits the second one always does a fantastic job it's true so it's Mark Caro and Jean
2: per- Pierre Jeanna I don't know if that's how you pronounce it but that's what I'm going with okay. and they've directed absolutely nothing else they had some like small like roles in film creating you know, well,
0: I like I like weird and this sounds weird so I would probably watch this. Uh, I mean, it's called Delicatessens. It's not about a deli,
2: though.
0: All right, coming in at number 13, a movie that we're all familiar with, Newsies, Walt Disney Musical, grossing $2.7 million. A musical based on the New York City Newsboy strike of 1899. When young newspaper sellers are exploited beyond reason by their bosses, they set out to enact change and are met by the ruthlessness of big business. Stars Christian Bale yeah first movie no that's a lie is it not his first movie what it's stars christian bale bill pullman robert duvall and anne margaret uh yeah he's done some other things before but this might be like he's the lead role so in this so it it might be that but it's not his breakout role I don't know. Is is Newsies Christian Bale's breakout role? Like, is that what we're really saying? I mean, it's like a movie from my childhood. That I loved, and
2: like I was telling you before the podcast, I I recently watched this again. Not recently; it's probably like three years ago when Disney Plus first launched. Yeah, and you know, I enjoyed it, but not nearly as much as when I was a kid because it's definitely a movie made for kids. But yes, I'm just really surprised how low on
1: the list it is. I mean, this is a pretty well known movie. I enjoy it. Yeah, and I
2: remember watching it in school. Like didn't you guys like watch this in like ninth grade no
1: ninth no. grade? High school. Maybe, was, no. maybe like grade? sixth
0: grade, seventh it, grade. It was definitely it, during- I remember them roll- rolling in the uh Well if this is ninety two, I was and it came out I was twelve or thirteen and they definitely w- wasn't showing us newsies, so maybe your grade. Yeah, I guess
2: that's probably what
0: it was. Either
1: way, it's a good movie.
0: Eric uh, Coming in at
1: number twelve, passed away. Grossing $4 million, another comedy. A bunch of eccentric relatives gather for their patriarch's funeral. Could not find almost anything about this movie. It sounded kind of Four Weddings in a Funeral-esque type of thing, but there was nothing really about it. It does have our boy Bob Hoskins in it, though.
0: Nice. Uh, and william
1: peterson who was we talked about him he was
0: pat Young Guns too why
2: is william peterson in so i many don't understand
0: it. he's who's, who's he, he I related talk about? to that's what i want to know i want to know who he's related to
2: but like you talk about the monotone like just dry acting like that's william peterson all right chris all uh, right coming in number 11 the playboys a drama earning 4.9 million dollars a young woman scandalizes her provincial Irish heritage in the 1950s by having a baby out of wedlock.
0: Oh, and God forbid.
2: Name the fa- what?
0: I said, oh, God forbid.
2: <laughs> Should I start over Same. now? No,
0: no, just continue <laughs> on.
2: Uh, and she refuses to name the father. She has a rare beauty and every man in town desires her, especially Sergeant Haggerty. The arrival of a dramatic troupe stirs things up even more, especially when she falls in love with one of the playboys. Now... I looked. I don't know what the Playboys are. I guess mm. they're just like rich, like eccentric people. It's got to be what it is. That's what a Playboy is, right? Um, starring Albert Finney. Uh, he was in the original Murder on the Orient Express, Aaron Brockovich, and he played Ebenezer Scrooge in the original Scrooge movie, the first uh, film adaptation. Okay. He's old, in case you're wondering. Uh, also starring Aidan Quinn from Legends of the Fall and Practical Magic, and Robin Wright from Princess Bride and Forrest Gump.
0: Robin Wright Penn. She used to be married to Sean Penn. But, but she's not, and she's Robin Wright. Yeah, but people so, know she dropped Robin the pen.
2: I never knew her as Robin Wright Penn. I've only ever known her as Robin Wright. So I think you're, you know her as that. Okay. But anyway. Yeah. Well, that's how assume- Kevin
1: knows her, so that's how you should all know her,
2: and that's, that's that. That's like
1: best friend, guy. You don't know <laughs> what you're talking
0: about.
2: But I assume that if she's divorced now, she would not prefer to have his surname. Okay. <laughs> and I looked up, guys, I did a lot of research of these, for tonight, and I can't find anything for these movies. Like, nothing. That's all I got. let right.
0: Coming in at number ten, White Sands, a crime drama grossing nine million dollars. A small southwestern town sheriff finds a body in a desert with a suitcase and five hundred thousand dollars. He impersonates the man and stumbles into an FBI investigation. This stars Willem Dafoe, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, Mickey Rourke, Samuel L. Jackson, M. Emmett Walsh, and James Rebhorn. If you don't know who James Rebhorn is, he's the guy who says. Plausible Deniability In Independence Day (laughs) Now everybody knows who he is right?
2: Yep There it is
0: Directed by Roger Donaldson He directed The Bounty Which once again Every chance I get To talk about this movie The Bounty I'm going to tell everybody To go watch it Cocktail Cadillac Man Which we covered on this podcast Species Dante's Peak And some others So pretty good director Good cast uh, Decent plot I would watch this movie Sounds interesting
2: Definitely does sound interesting, and that cast that that cast is extremely interesting to me because just Willem Dafoe and Mickey Rourke in the same movie, like
0: and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. well, Samuel Jackson's in every movie, so like, but, but he's just a given. He makes everything more entertaining, I feel, in and yeah, intense. All right, Eric. All right, coming
1: in at number nine, Rock a Doodle. Uh, this grossed eleven point six million. It's an animation adventure comedy. It grossed $11.6 million. So it did pretty well. Uh, in order to defeat the Grand Duke of Owls, a young boy transforms into a cat, teams up with a group of barnyard animals to find a rooster who can raise the sun. Yeah. I feel I don't like I've seen this movie.
0: <laughs> also, I feel I feel like the guy who wrote this was high as shit on mushrooms or something.
1: Well, the director, Don Bluth, he did movies, I guess, kind of similar, like Anastasia, All Dogs Go to Heaven. So it's probably one of those you know low-grade,
2: you know, wannabe Disney movies.
0: How dare you talk shit about All Dogs Go to Heaven. That's a fantastic non-Disney animation.
2: All Dogs Go to Heaven is probably one of, like, seven non-Disney animated films worth watching.
0: <laughs> it's a fact.
2: Coming in at number eight, City of Joy, a drama earning $14.3 million an American doctor, a British nurse, and an illiterate Indian farmer, ready for this joke, it's not a joke, just kidding, joined together to transform (laughs) Calcutta ghetto. (laughs) I I thought it was going to be a joke the first time I read the description. But then Uh, it it didn't say
0: walk into a bar. Oh, yeah, uh, walked into
2: a bar. That would have been funnier if I said that, but I didn't, because I'm not that funny. Um... But anyway, so this movie is just about these three people trying to transform a, uh, kind of a ghetto into a more sustainable uh, environment for the people that live there. Uh, directed by Roland Jaffe, who's done nothing else, but starring Kevin's favorite actor of all time, Patrick Swayze. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah Swayze. <laughs> I don't hate Swayze. I'm just I not a big Swayze fan. Oh, right.
2: Oh, that's right. You know who I was thinking of? I was thinking of Richard Gere how dare you That's confuse the two movie, no. couldn't
0: be any further apart it's all right uh so patrick
2: swayze pauline collins who was from nothing and Om puri who is a bollywood uh character actor i found he's got like 400 credits from bollywood movies okay uh, so something interesting about this amongst the problems uh there were fire bombings mass demonstrations media criticisms accusations of murder skyrocketing budgets this movie was a mess people did not want it made and they fought tooth and nail to stop it from getting made um warner brothers even pulled out at the last minute and almost bankrupt all the producers but they wound up you know getting their money together and wound up you know releasing this movie even though it wound up losing about uh 13 million dollars when everything was said
0: why was it so controversial because it was about
2: uh, I think they were talking about the caste system, and you know, the negativity, the negatives of the caste system, and how racist the caste system is, and like basically trying to like show that like the way India was doing things at the time was not, you know, oh okay, inhumane and things of that
0: nature. Okay, just, yeah, so it I was think, based in India.
2: Yeah, it was set in India. You that's said that Cal- before, and maybe I just
0: didn't hear it. Calcutta's in India. Okay, well, I, I, <laughs> geography. Uh, if we're being honest, I didn't know that. So, <laughs> all really. right, all right. Well, coming in at number seven, Deep Cover, <sighs> an action movie grossing sixteen and a half million dollars. A black uniformed policeman is recruited by a devious drug enforcement agent to infiltrate a smuggling organization seeking to expand into designer drugs, whatever designer drugs are. This ugly designer science-
2: drugs are like like FDA approved drugs. So like Viagra is a designer drug.
0: Nice. I get high on Viagra all the I'm time. I'm just saying, it's a terrible, it's a Sorry, terrible babe. example,
2: like OxyContin, but like the, like the whatever the company is that produces it. Yeah, why'd you go with Viagra, bro? You could have said OxyContin, codeine. So. I'm, I'm almost forty, and something's been on my mind. Am I, gonna need that on <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. Fucking blue pill. Inquiring about some Viagra. All right, well, anyway, back to the plot. The ugly side of the war on drugs explores the context of race, identity, and hypocrisy within a brutal and alienating investigation. It's a lot of words for a description of a movie, but it stars Larry Fishburne, uh, Jeff Goldblum, and it's directed by, get this, Bill Duke. Ooh, I would watch a Bill Duke movie. Now, see, I feel like we've, we've... encountered bill duke directing a movie before this but i looked on the imdb and i couldn't find that i think we just encountered bill duke well of course we know who bill duke is but anyway yeah he directed this so and i remember liking deep cover and haven't seen it in 10 15 years probably so
2: i'm definitely interested um it's going on the list
1: all right eric all right, coming in at number six, The Babe, grossing $17 million, a uh, biography, drama, sport. Babe Ruth becomes a baseball legend, but is unheroic to those who know him. So this is a coming up story of Babe Ruth coming up and becoming the hero and the, you know, the legend that he was. Um, this director, uh, Arthur Hiller. Hear No Evil, See No Evil. He did that with uh, Richard Pryor and Gene Wilder, which I always liked those movies. Uh, the actors, John Goodman plays Babe Ruth. And Kelly McGillis, uh, who's the girl from Top Gun, Tom Cruise's love interest. I definitely remember seeing this movie once, if not twice. I loved Babe Ruth when I was younger. Uh, but I do remember they really put a dark, darker twist on Babe Ruth. Um, yeah, focused, focused a lot fo- on the negativity of him. And that was a big basis. Yeah, and that was a big part of the critics didn't like it. They said they kind of overdid his negative vibe and you can't really talk negative about almost a godlike figure like Babe Ruth.
2: Coming in at number five, Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, earning $21.1 million. This is an animated film, non-Disney, as Kevin just discussed. The magical inhabitants of a rainforest fight to save their home, which is threatened by logging and polluting force of destruction called Hexis. So... I've gone back to watch this movie as an adult. I remember liking it as a child, but going back, and it's super boring, right? It's, it's just you follow the two characters, the fairy and the, the logger who gets turned miniature, and I don't even remember how, and it's just not all that exciting to me. I just it, – it's not Disney. It doesn't live up to that, like, you know, timeless adventure fun. That's That's my view on it. Okay. But I digress. Uh, directed by Bill Croyer. Uh, He doesn't have many other direct-all credits, nothing that we would know, but he does have art credits on Tron, and he was the head of visual effects for Green Mile. Starring Samantha Mathis from Broken Arrow, American Psycho, and Super Mario Brothers, Christian Slater, Robin Williams, Tim Curry, and Cheech and Chomp.
0: Well, I don't give a fuck how bad this movie is. I'm going to watch it now.
2: (laughs) So some fun stuff about this this was robin williams and tim curry's first animated features It's the first time nice. i ever had ever done any uh
0: voice acting did so, so i know tim curry went on to do um don't tell me pocahontas right no tim curry went on to do uh i
2: had it written down and then i erased because i was like oh that's not that interesting he did a lot of rugrats okay a lot of rugrats movies like he did all the Rugrats movies, Tim Curry is in them. That was like his big voice acting. Okay. Um, Robin Williams. Okay, so just some, some facts about Robin Williams and Tim Curry here. So Robin Williams did such an amazing job with his voice acting, as you would expect from the great Robin Williams. The director changed his part from an eight-minute role to a 24-minute role. Nice. Because, yeah. he had recorded. Yeah. He'd recorded so many, like – Hours of stuff because it was all improv. Yeah. That the director's like, this is all just gold, and I need to have it in
0: my movie. That's amazing.
2: Yeah. Uh, so apparently, though, so Tim Curry plays the Hexus, the bad guy. Yeah. And he did it so scary and frightening that during the testings of the movie, he made multiple children cry hysterically, have to be removed from the screenings. <laughs> so he had to go and re-record his every part. That's funny. Yeah.
0: And Robin Williams famously went on to be the genie in Aladdin.
2: Right. Well, I mean, I feel like that goes on.
0: That it's that on need, need not be mentioned? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right. Coming in at number four, Straight Talk. Uh, this is a rom-com grossing $21 million. Small town Shirley Kenyon chucks her boyfriend and heads for Chicago. Accidentally having to host a radio problem phone in show, it's clear she's a natural and she's hired on the spot. But the station insists that she call herself Doctor. And as her popularity grows, a local reporter starts digging for the truth. The problem is, the more he's around her, the more he likes her. Womp 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 stars Dolly Parton, <coughs> James Woods, <coughs> Michael Madsen, <coughs> Terry Hatcher, <coughs> and this movie's out. <laughs>
2: yo what is that i don't even like there's not anyone i want to see on screen
0: no i don't want to see, i definitely give a damn about you couldn't force me to watch well you could if i had to watch it for this podcast but other than that you couldn't force me to watch a dolly parton movie so i don't give a shit what else goes say, on you, i
2: was about to say you watched nine to five didn't you i'm sure i
0: had to have when i was a kid but i have. Oh, a-
2: That wasn't a 90s movie. That was a movie my wife made me watch. Oh, my God.
0: so bad. Well, we watched watched a Bette Midler movie, so. It's true. All right. Anyway, coming in at
2: number three, Thunderheart, earning $22.6 million. There's been a homicide on Indian land. They sent him to
1: a foreign land. What's my cover? In the middle of America.
2: You're going in there as who you are, an American Indian federal officer. To uncover the truth. Federal officer, hands on your head! Do it! What's your name? Well, sure as hell ain't Geronimo, Chief. I think maybe you guys got off the wrong exit, yeah? You looking for my Rushmore? Who are you? Walter Crowhorse, Tribal Police. <laughs> you must be the Indian FBI. That's right.
0: Oh, what nation?
2: Ray, they're your own people, aren't they?
1: They are not my people. Hey, look. The Washington Redskin.
2: Whoever killed Leo walks heel toe. This guy was a big son of a buck. Let's say he goes 210, 215. You gonna tell me how much change he had in his pocket?
1: 63 cents. Now, to find the truth, he must face the mystery within himself. He says he knew you were coming here. He was told.
2: Who told him? Spirits. We can't get suckered into that. We're here to take our man and go home. You can shapeshift. Shapeshift? Into different animals. Gotta stop him. Listen to the wind. He'll tell you things, Cola. You had yourself a vision.
1: You said you're chasing the wrong man. You said we should follow this. Well,
2: if either one of us gets hit, Ray, it'll be all she wrote. The owl is a
1: messenger. It means somebody's gonna
0: die. All right. So, the movie with by far the best cast in it of the month ha- is is hands down the worst movie of the month. What? <laughs> this movie is so boring. I was I, even- I was bored to tears. I was I was like, um, what's the word? subconsciously picking up my phone like every two minutes and, and like having to forcibly put it back down and watch this movie. Right.
2: Maybe it was the context in which you watched the movie because I watched the movie at work. Um, I was able to squeeze it in like between periods and stuff and during my lunch break. So like, I guess cause I was at work, I enjoyed it better. But I also thought, first of all, this movie was well acted. This movie was well shot and this movie had a decent storyline.
0: It had a now, it had a great storyline.
2: Yeah. So while I know what you're saying that it was kind of boring at times, I was I was kind of caught up in the whole idea that like, you know, this half, this half native american man was like fighting becoming part of his roots and you know, he accepted it and you know, he, he's fighting the white man who's trying to take over. Let's, can we can, the, can we
0: do the plot succinctly before we get into the details of it? All right, fine.
2: Whatever. Regardless, I kind of enjoyed the whole aspect of him just trying to find himself. I enjoyed the murder investigation, although I will say there are a lot of holes in this murder investigation. Right, wait,
0: wait, wait. Again. So the plot very quickly is this is inspired by true events that happened in the 70s. It's Val Kilmer plays a mixed blooded FBI agent. I don't know why they call it mixed blood. He's supposedly half Native American, half white. Uh, and he's assigned to work with a cynical veteran investigator on the poverty stricken Sioux reservation to figure out this murder case and why these things keep happening. So and then all the things that you said. You know Val Kilmer is fighting with the fact that he's Sioux he's not he 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 doesn't want to acknowledge it because his father was a drunk and drank himself to death, and his father was the Sioux, so he doesn't really consider that part of himself and that's you know a part of this movie and also with with the main focuses was for me was that the poverty going on on the reservation, and then the two. Native American groups that are part of the same tribe um, fighting, fighting against, against, each, against other. each other because one wants to bring in like the new regime with the American government. And the other part wants the old ways with their old religious beliefs and, and no, no, like, no foreign help. So they're, right, well, they're literally killing each other. And it seems like that you
2: can understand both sides of it, right? Because the, the, the ones who are willing to work with the American regime, they're just tired of the poverty and tired of the the nonsense of like living in squalor. While the rest of them are saying, no, I'll accept that. And I'll make, I'll bring back my heritage. And eventually we can have prosperity again through our heritage, rather than letting the government control things. Like you can kind of see both sides of it. While, you know, the, Obviously, the movie frames it as like the ones who are accepting the government help are much more horrible. Well, they're because people.
0: they're they're in it for the finance, because they were. So what we don't know that that plays out in like the last thirty minutes or so is that the American government wants to uh, what's it, mine the land for uranium? Was it uranium? Yeah. And uh, I didn't know you mine uranium in like a field. I didn't. Well, I guess, how else would you mine it? I don't know. I guess, how else
2: would you find uranium? Yeah, I guess you're right. So,
0: but uh, they're mining the land for uranium, and it's poisoning the water for these people. It's actually killing, you know, they can't drink their own water on the reservation. And then the aim, which is like the, the guys who want the old regime are fighting what they call the goons, who are the guys who want the new regime. And... You don't really like they're not telling Val Kilmer that we're seeing the story through Val Kilmer's eyes and they're not telling Val Kilmer the whole story because like it's between the two of them and he's an outsider sort of thing. Right. and he, He's
2: only there to try and bridge some peace while they finish. And, and it really feels like the FBI is like thoroughly involved. Well, they are. This, yeah, like, that's
0: what that's what plays out in the last like 20, 30 right. minutes is that we figure out that the well, FBI is covering stuff up and they're hiring people that are inside this reservation. They're hiring Sioux natives. To perform perform hits on their own people like it's a whole nightmare. It's it's basically what the American government does, and this this is uncovered in this movie.
2: Yeah. So you know, at first I started watching this movie. I found it uh, a little problematic uh, in terms of just doing a little, you know, housekeeping here. That Val Kilmer was playing like this part Native American. I'm like, well, it's just he's clearly a white guy. But I actually did some research. Turns out Val Kilmer is one quarter Cherokee. Yeah.
0: Also claimed to, to be One Quarter Cherokee by Val Kilmer. So <laughs> I, I don't know if that's actually
2: true. Yeah, I guess I guess uh, you might not know. We
0: could do actors and sure. other roles quickly. Val Kilmer plays the main role. He's a detective. Uh, Ray Lavoie. He's in Real Genius, Top Gun, Willow, The Doors. Our favorite, maybe one of my favorites top three favorite roles of all time he plays vel uh doc holiday in tombstone and he's also in kiss kiss bang bang which is the dialogue in that movie is top 10 uh sam shepherd plays the other fbi agent frank uh Kutel. he's in the notebook black hawk down huh
2: wait, wait, what do they call him coot
0: cooch cooch yeah uh, he's in the notebook black hawk down swordfish the pelican brief and the right stuff graham green who's the um native american we well, could say indian i guess because they say indian throughout the entire movie so we're gonna say indian or i'm gonna say indian chris you could say whatever okay. you want I'll you american uh walter walter crow horse uh he he's the the indian um detective i guess cop or whatever uh he's in the green mile dances with wolves and my favorite role of his the movie maverick with mel gibson
2: graham green is phenomenal by the way i
0: love the fact that he plays he also plays he's also in the twilight series right
2: is that graham yeah. green i don't is know is the guy in the I, wheelchair a, or something i haven't watched twilight enough to know who plays you who put me
0: on the uh, twilight stop telling lies
2: <laughs> I don't think that's him I'm
0: pretty sure he's in the Twilight series Anyway, uh, Fred Ward uh, it plays Jack Milton He just recently passed away just a few days ago He's in Escape from Alcatraz, The Right Stuff We reviewed him on Tremors He's in Road Trip and Joe Dirt And then Fred Thompson, I'll bring up every chance I can with Fred Thompson He plays William Dawes He's in Hunt for Red October, Days of Thunder He's the, uh, the NASCAR head at Days of Thunder Days of Thunder, Curly Sue, uh, Die Hard 2, Cape Fear, Necessary Roughness, and others. So these guys are all, they're accomplished actors in this movie. And I have to say, none of the acting imp- impressed me in this movie. Zero of the acting no? impressed me.
2: I mean, I thought it was, it. it was, listen, after, I watched this after our number two movie of the month. And,
0: <laughs> I can't wait to get to that. I mean,
2: so we'll get to it, but let's just say that that movie made me really enjoy the acting in this
0: movie. <laughs> okay, that's that's reasonable.
2: I don't know. I I didn't hate this movie. I I, I don't see why you no hate no no it so no that,
0: that, that hates the wrong word. This is to me the best word to describe this movie is lukewarm. It's it, it's, right. it's not it's 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 not one end of the spectrum or the other it's entirely forgettable this is one of those movies where in five years i'm gonna come across it and be like oh shit val kilmer and graham green and sam Shepard and fred ward <laughs> i gotta watch this movie and then i'll watch it for 20 minutes and i'll be like oh yeah i saw this movie it sucks and then i'll turn it off yeah you know
2: i'm, I'm really struggling to say anything so i guess your depiction of it being like really lukewarm is really the right thing because it wasn't for me i didn't need to turn it off but i also watched it in pieces and i watched it at work so it was better than being at work like so i i can see what you're saying like because there were long stretches in this movie where you're like something just happened like like where, where where are we going with this and even when you had interactions that you thought were like big meaningful moments there were they were drawn out, and it was just like, okay. It was a lot like, of
0: revisiting the same thing. He went back to the girl who was the teacher a few times. He went back to look for the bad guy that they think committed the murder was uh, this guy, Jimmy Looks, twice. They they went back and looked for him like three times, four times, doing the same thing over and over and over again. And the movie was what? What was the runtime? Just shy of two hours on this one. It was the longest one, right? Minutes. Yeah, And it, it, they yeah. – like. Even then, they could have shaved 20 minutes off of it. All right, so I was bored to tears with this movie. It wasn't a terrible movie by any stretch, but it's, like I said, forgettable. What I found most interesting was when I was doing my research. So the guy, John Trudell, plays the guy, Jimmy Looks Twice, who they were searching for the entire movie, thinking that he was the guy who committed the murder and end up that he didn't, that it was the FBI brought some other Sue guy guy out of jail and paid him to do the hit or whatever. Anyway, uh, the guy Jimmy looks twice really did serve in Vietnam as he said he did in the movie, and he was the acting chairman of AIM from 1973 to 1979. Me? Yeah, he's a real guy. Of What? I was the acting chairman AIM, of what? The 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 their rebel force. Oh, the
2: actual. Yeah, thing. he was the actual chairman. They call it
0: aim in real life. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I I I, I okay. didn't realize the disconnect there. Well, no, the arm were the bad guys, not the well, good they guys. were the rebels, but they were in essence the good guys, in my opinion. Wasn't no, wasn't, wasn't no. The, the one that were was with the, the FBI. The... Arm arm oh, were the okay. rebels.
2: Okay, and then they were they were trying to make it look like the or arm the bad guys. committed murders. Got it. Okay, yes, and that's why their symbol of the circle with the feather, and it was all over the place. Because they just kept doing that to try and. Yeah, they were setting them up. Yeah. All
0: right. So, this is again based on a true story documented uh, from the movie or documentary. I'm not sure what it is. It's called Incident at Oglala. The screenwriter for this, John Fusco, lived on the Pine Ridge Reservation for five years while he was researching the script. Uh, And then he met the guy that they call Frank Fool's Crow. He's a tribal elder who was the inspiration for Grandpa Sam Reaches. I'm getting bored reading this shit.
2: Okay, so stop reading it. And let me tell you something about John Fusco that I think you would know and you hadn't mentioned yet. Mm-hmm. Did, did you know he wrote Young Guns? Yes,
0: that I was going to say that before. You just stole all yeah. of my thunder. The, the, the only reason I wanted to review this movie is because this guy wrote Young Guns 1 and 2.
2: Well, obviously Young Guns is one of our favorites. Young Guns 2 is not one of mine, but you love it anyway. Um, he also wrote *Hidalgo*, which I know like probably isn't revered ve- as like this great movie. I loved Hidal- *Hidalgo* with Viggo um, Mortensen. It at all. It's basically him and this no. horse, and like he he like it's a he's a, a, a cult. What's the name for a horse? That's a, a mustang. He's a wild horse who he uh-huh. tames, and like he like it. I really like this. It.
0: I remember. Movie. I remember Vigo Mortensen, Vigo Mortensen, and a horse, <laughs> and that's all I know about that movie. All right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, all right. So let's let's just hit our categories because I want to move yeah, on. Yeah, let's do, do it. All right. Best, best role. role is, I'm giving
2: it to Graham Greene. Uh, okay. I, I listen. I thought I thought he showed some range here that I didn't know he had because. In the past, like, you always see Graham Greene, he's always playing, like, I know he's playing Native because I that's, like, that's just what he was typecasted with Hollywood because he's Native American, so let's just call Graham Greene anytime we need a Native American, but I feel, well, I feel like he showed another side of his acting where he was playing a cop, you know, he wasn't just a Native American, he's playing a cop, he, he's, he's on top of all of, ev- like, everything he needs to know. As yeah, he,
0: he knows the ins and outs of his
2: whole right. community
0: as a good right and not just
2: but not just the native americans but also the government side of things as well and he really he 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 just wasn't the stereotypical native american is what i'm saying it's like they they let him branch outside that like stigma acting.
0: yeah well i i i agree with you i always like him he always does a, a good job i never never i'm never disappointed by him my my best role was uh his name I from what I gather is Ted Thin Elk. He's uh grandpa they call him Grandpa Reaches. Oh, yeah. The old I liked man. Him, yeah. I just I don't know. He was very stoic the whole time until they figured out that he spoke English and then he had like way more personality. I love that he was
2: watching Mr. Magoo. <laughs> He's talking about Mr. Magoo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also I like the scene where they they the the FBI comes in and they They ransack his house. They're roughing up the old man. I mean, he's like he's a barely could walk old man, and uh, and then he just takes it all in stride, as if like you know this sort of I guess keep my
2: calm about it. Like that's how I'm going to survive. That's how I'm.
0: Yeah, but it but it it seems like this happens all the time to their people by the FBI on on their reservation, and like he. Yo, just takes it without getting upset about it, even knowing that it's wrong. Th- there's, you know there's, what I mean? There's a
2: lot of sadness in what you just said. That's just a sad thought that this guy is just so. The whole this yeah. whole move that
0: sorry, to interrupt. No, it's just, it
2: just like the, the, that's just the, like one of the saddest things, like I think that could happen to a person is that I've just to accept this fate of that, like I'm gonna get roughed up and have my house destroyed every time the government feels like it.
0: Right. These these injustices have to be tolerated, yeah. right? Well, let's go to Bur- worst role.
2: Worst role. My worst role was Sam Shepard. I found him to be so cardboard the entire movie. Like,
0: I, I felt like he was supposed to be. Was
2: he though? But like, but like <laughs> cardboard in the sense that like I didn't buy him as this top notch cookie. Yeah, you know, just he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he portrayed the character well. I didn't buy him as being this top head like this legend FBI agent that Val. Kilmer described him as in the beginning of the movie, I I found him to be like, like this guy's a little pansy. Like, I I don't believe him to be tough. I don't believe him to really, to be.
0: They never, they, well, he was, he was pulling the strings behind the scenes, but they never really showed you how. So they didn't let you buy into him as like, you know, the manipulator. I didn't even
2: buy into him as, as the cop though, either. Like, I just, he didn't seem tough to me. He didn't seem like the, the hardened veteran to me, like he was supposed to be. it just, I didn't think any of that stuff
0: was there. All right. So my worst role is really obscure. So you remember the kid got shot in the shootout and they brought him to the doctor. Yeah. And then that doctor was like, like he was reading his lines. Yeah. front of like, they like were this was the most
2: mundane thing ever. I, I felt that too.
0: Yeah. Some kid, some kid got brought in. He's working on somebody else and they're like, we need another table. He's like, we don't have another table. And then they were like, he's shot. You got to do something. And he's like, I'll be right there. <laughs> And then they're like, what happened here? Like, hes they just told you he got shot. Like, everybody else in this whole entire movie acted fine. Like, not phenomenally, but certainly not poorly. And this guy was so out of place that he, he, he took me out of the movie. Therefore, I gave him my worst role. Whatever, whoever you are, guy, doctor, you did a he terrible broke that, job.
2: He broke that fourth wall for you. You, 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 yeah. you saw through the screen.
0: All right, so back to something serious. Best scene. I don't have it as a scene per se. So the betrayal of the reservation, which who knows if it was shot like where it maybe well, it was, maybe it wasn't. Not, yeah. But the the po- the, po- the poverty and the the the, the s- sadness. It just let me just say that I do appreciate what
2: you're saying about the way they were able to depict what it was that they were living in and what the reservation life actually was. And they did it with just a couple of off shot like You know, it wasn't in your face, but there it was. It was, you could recognize that this was not a good situation that these people were living in. Um, Mm -hmm. But yes, so my best scene was, I enjoyed the aftermath after that doctor ruined the movie for you. The way Val Kilmer Mm -hmm. just went out there and just started uh, beating the crap out of those guys. I I know it's not really a scene, like, like, I just, that was my most exciting part of the movie. I, I, I don't know, I enjoyed that the most that's fine the worst like you scene... said it's, it, this movie's this movie's warm so it's, it's forgettable yeah, so like
0: it, that, that's just a... try and pick out scenes right. it's hard
2: my worst scene was the end when he starts having like the visions and
0: it's like yeah that was he stupid.
2: suddenly becomes like it's like he's high and his head is in the clouds and like he's a different person now because he had this one vision and but he really seems like he's he's high Did, didn't, didn't you feel like he was lightheaded and woozy and he's just moving around and it's like oh Wow.
0: right like <laughs> he was doing a little he was channeling some Keanu. a little bit
2: and then when he because then they're back at the old man's house now and there's jimmy uh looks twice and i couldn't tell is this a dream or is
0: this really happening yeah they had bounced in and out of some of that and then stuff. like
2: fbi shows up and he pulls out his gun like it was all a big facade but it didn't feel like it was a facade and i don't think it was supposed to be and it just That whole thing, that was the scene that just confused me more than anything was when they finally catch Jimmy looks twice. It's just I didn't understand what I was supposed to feel or what I was supposed to believe or recognize in that scene because yeah. it seemed like Val Kilmer didn't know what was going on in that scene.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't have a worse scene because I thought the whole movie was for shit. So I just I didn't really enjoy it. All right. And then most quotable lines. The only thing that I really found was um, impactful. I usually I like the funny ones uh, or the ones that you could use in in everyday life, but this one was uh, from Jimmy. Looks twice when he was talking to Val Kilmer. He said, "We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom." There is a way to live with the earth and a way to not live with the earth. We choose the way of the earth. It's about power, right? So he was talking about more or less that we're not going to succumb to the idea of freedom that that you know, your government's trying to give us. We want to actually be free and we're willing to risk our lives and die right. for that. And that was powerful no, to me.
2: I like that you took the impactful statement this time rather than the funny because I went with the, the funny quote
0: this time nice i like how we always manage to do the opposite so i really
2: liked when uh walter Crowhorse pulls over right and he goes license and registration and he's like kiss my ass That's a good he's thing. like hey this is my jurisdiction now and you were going 59 in a 55 zone let me see the radar he goes i don't need no radar i can tell i just listened to the wind it said 59
0: nail him <laughs> he he did he did a lot of good like I'm the Indian i you know uh listen to the Earth sort of jokes right, or whatever yeah, they were good. It was good he was I should change my best role to him he was he was always he's a gem he's he, always he good to watch and like
2: I don't hold on I have to check to make sure he's still alive
0: he's definitely still I
2: want to see more Walt, Walter wow Green, I want who's Walter Green that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> i want to see more graham green movies like i just want him in more movies like there's plenty of movies coming out now where's
0: graham green well we get him coming up in um uh maverick so no no have no fear i love maverick all right anyway would you recommend this movie i say no
2: i mean if you like native american related movies i mean it i guess
0: yeah yeah, I mean yeah, Graham Greene does also, everything. I
2: love Graham Greene. I, I recommend just watching.
0: There's a there's a bazillion movies out there that no, you could watch this, before you watch. This is not a great movie, but
2: it wasn't terrible but,
0: either. Chris is on the fence. He refuses to give. A yeah, I can't answer. give you one. <laughs> All right, coming coming in at number two, Sleepwalkers, grossing thirty point five million dollars. Charles Brady is new in town. you can actually talk to him? Yeah, he's nice. Real nice.
2: The girls all like him. The teachers all respect him.
1: Your teachers in Ohio must have been sorry to lose such a creative
0: young man. The parents all trust him.
2: He's utterly charming.
0: But nobody really knows him like his mother. You cannot be in love with this girl, she You don't know me, Tanya, But I want to. Behind their smile is a secret.
2: Hi. Come in, Tanya. I have something for you.
0: I don't know who you are, but I know you're not who you say you are. Behind the secret is a hunger.
2: Does it have to be her?
0: And behind it all is the imagination of Stephen King. <laughs>
1: my man. he was scared of a cat ah!
0: Stephen King's sleepwalkers.
2: Bro, this bag is shit movie. Like, the fact that you love this movie. Like, I understand you like it for it's so bad. It's good.
0: But like, no, no, you don't understand. On. This is grade A, prime, top-notch schlock. This movie was fan fantastic i had a scene where i rewound it and watched it seven times dying laughing i made you watch it i texted to the group chat i made elena watch it i couldn't handle it bro this is one of the most fun movies that i've watched in quite some time it was so bad that it was not only good it was amazing i thoroughly enjoyed this movie this was great i have to
2: wholeheartedly disagree with you because there were moments where i was dying laughing because it was just so stupid but yes let's remember this was supposed to be a real movie like it, they had no intention that's- of it being this ridiculous
0: they did such a bad job that it was but great their bad job
2: wasn't nearly as good as the room type bad job like I'm-
0: no 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 that's that's yeah but the room is like top 3 all time so bad it's good movies so anyway, this is a horror movie written by Stephen King, well, Sleepwalkers. On, the, the story
2: is written by Stephen King, not the movie,
0: right? Well, it's an, it's adapted from his book. A- and he and he had a cameo yeah, and he it, was so. terrible. <laughs> he he was renowned for having written most of his his uh, works high as a kite. All so right. um, but anyway, the plot is a shape. The, the plot, this plot is something else. You ready for what I got? Because I had to keep adding as the movie went on, who these people were and what they were capable of doing. So every time, like another 10 or 15 or 20 minutes went by, I had to add an another adjective to, to describe these people. Cause they could just do things so, that, like, why can they do that? Rant, yeah. They, they, they could do almost anything. So we have shape shifting, soul-sucking, telekinetic, half-cat vampire people that are trying to survive in their new town without being found out. You
2: forgot to say that they could turn invisible and transform material objects into anything they wanted them to be.
0: Yes, all right, I I apologize. <laughs> One or two slipped through the cracks. <laughs>
2: Oh, you so, also forgot to mention that mother son fornication is highly encouraged in this what movie. Is
0: th- what is that? So I'm sitting there, I'm taking notes as this movie goes by, right? So I'm um, like, there, he's calling her mother, and I know it's a horror movie, and I know that. Oh it's you know they that they they seem to be like they've been on this earth for a very right. long time so i'm like oh she's probably not his mother they're just pretending to be mother and I son i thought that's what i thought at first right so that they're pretending to be mother and son
2: then i started thinking okay oh you know what it is it's she was the first sleepwalker and she turned him yeah. into a sleepwalker so he's she's a mother in the sense that oh, I created you, not, like, yeah. I birthed you. So, I'm like, okay, yes. so that's how they're mother and son. No, no, no they're
0: mother and son. No, they're actually mother and son who make out constantly, have and sex, and are in love with each other, but also seem to let the son go have relationships with no. other people while she's, was... while she's – yeah, I know. He's trying to, but he also has to seduce them, right? Van, van, Vampiretic, is that a word? They
2: have to be virgins, though.
0: Okay. So well, he can't... Uh, I was glossing over the point. I apologize that I missed a, a very important plot point there, that they have to be virgins. Well,
2: she only eats virgins, and she's starving. Like starving.
0: Which is one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> he goes he goes to her, why are you being such a bitch? She goes, because I'm
2: hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I find this to be hysterical. It's a comedy. It's not a horror movie. It was It's Definitely. a comedy movie. And they don't want it to be, but it was.
0: So uh, as the opening credits, I'll start from the beginning. <laughs> no. As the opening well, credits were I going. I had problems with it right from then. The fucking fake-ass definition of
2: what a sleepwalker is, like as if it's taken out of Marion Webster, but it's really like. Yeah
0: yeah yeah that's, like this is a fact so a- anyway the opening credits are going and i'm reading the names i'm like nope don't know him nope don't know her nope don't know him i don't know one person there's, that was in those opening credits. there's not a credits. single
2: actor or actress in this movie that you've ever heard of except for stephen King.
0: and then they're like they're showing like the family pictures on the wall or whatever and then there was a picture of there was three pictures in one frame from left to right and then it was a woman and there was a half cat, half woman, and then there was a cat <laughs> in the family photos. I couldn't take that. Bro, the number of cats in this movie. <laughs> Just- Bro, the cat, the cat army, the cat army got me at the end. I couldn't take it. The cats were assembling. How about in
2: the beginning of the movie when we're first being introduced?
0: Wait, wait, we didn't say we we, we didn't give any context to the cats. Okay. So these people can only be murdered by cats. Cat but cat scratches. Yes, cat scratches It apparently sets them on fire. <laughs> Fucking insanity! But like cats, like know this and they hate them. Somehow the cats know that they <laughs> the cats because just know. they start to all co- the, the cats start to all collect Con- outside congregate. of this woman's house. <laughs> yes, congregate.
2: But in the beginning of the movie, right? Like we're introduced to a sheriff and his deputies, and they're walking into a scene. You don't know what the scene is yet.
0: This is one of my favorite lines. And there's, just...
2: <laughs> and there's just hundreds of cats hanging gutted outside of this house, which makes sense considering what we know about sleepwalkers, that they don't want them around. <laughs> <laughs> the cop goes, what do you think happened, Sheriff? And he goes, I don't know,
0: but somebody doesn't like cats. <laughs> oh, there's tens tens of mutilated cats hanging from this tree, and
2: that's his deduction. Walking through the house, and they get like spooked by something. I don't even remember what it was, and they start laughing hysterically.
0: No, is the cat jumped yeah. out of the closet, and and then, and then that body just falls. Bro, the way the body <laughs> fell was so ridiculous. And then you turn it over, and it's it's undiscernible what it is. And they have to tell you through exposition that it's a twelve year old girl.
2: I, I don't know how they knew her age. And furthermore, those are not the cops that we that, that were with the rest of the movie.
0: No, those cops don't ever show up again.
2: <laughs> By the way, I just thought of someone who's in this movie that like we didn't that we do know,
0: Ron, Ron Perlman. Perlman. He's the only we one, and Perlman. he has he, yeah. he has like a five minute roll his
2: jaw is larger than i've ever seen his jaw before
0: ron perlman looks like a cat himself go find those memes all right so then the black cop right he's the worst actor in this entire movie everybody else is Just so
2: happens that this this cop that's gonna hunt down these sleepwalkers he just happens to bring his own cat everywhere he goes
0: (laughs) and the cat ends up being the hero of the movie the cat's name is Clovis. I wrote hey, it that down. poor
2: cop. He dies by pe- by way of pencil through the ear. No, no, he lived. He lived from the <gasps> no, pencil. No, but then he, at the end he pulls it through all the way, and then he dies.
0: All right, anyway, so Charles was in the uh, in the woods with this with the uh, protagonist. Her name is uh, Tanya. Tanya. No,
2: Tanya's the mom. No, and, Tanya's the
0: mom. Oh, was, no, Tanya, that's not Tanya. Mary Brady's the mother. Uh, I, <laughs> Tanya's the girl. Okay. So he's in the woods and he's attempting to rape and uh, uh, at a certain point rape and murder this girl or whatever he's going to do with her. She escapes, runs out, sees the cop. Then Charles ends up stabbing the cop in the ear with a pencil and it's a full length pencil normal pencil length. And it's like halfway deep into his ear. He falls down. You assume he's dead, but then he gets back up, shoots Charles in the stomach, but then he's fine because, you know, that's one of the things that they could do. They just eat bullets or whatever. And then proceeds to continue to murder the cop. Like that's what this movie is. So can we we
2: talk about the fact though, that that scene was like every scene in this movie was so unnecessary and didn't make sense. Specifically the scene where they go into the woods. So the whole purpose of this movie is for Charles to bring his mother virgins, yeah. right? So that they can eat them. Yes. He has the virgin in their house, Charles yes. and the mother. All they got to yeah. do is eat her. But yeah. Charles decides, no, we're going to go into the woods first. I'm going to pretend like I love her. Then I'm going to eat her. Then I'll bring her to you to eat her.
0: Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Understand. But I got the feeling that he was having like second thoughts because he started to like no, this but girl. That's but then, what it was at all? <laughs> I, I I don't know. But then I don't know. He he just botched the whole. And he plan, goes from so.
2: zero to sixty so fast. He's like this calm toy that I'm gonna eat like, ya hey.
0: Yeah, yeah. No. So his his acting was fine until he had to go until he took it to a hundred, and then it was just absurd. So Ooh, anyway, yeah. I thought I thought the girl Tracy did a good job acting. She was attractive. She, her acting was on point. She was like when she was supposed to be awkward. She seemed awkward she, when she was supposed to be confident. She was confident when she was scared. She was scared like I thought she did a good okay, job.
2: Fine. Imagine Amick did a decent job.
0: <laughs> OK, <laughs> imagine. Anyway, I don't know. So look, let's get to the end of the movie because the movie's only really at its best when we're at the end. So the mother goes to the, wo- to the girl's house that she's pissed off because Charles is on his deathbed. He might not make it. And she gets to the house, and then she's, like, calm at first, and then she starts going nuts. She's throwing the mother out the window. The sheriff- one of the sheriffs are there. This is the scene that I rewound seven times because the guy takes six wild shots from his pistol from the floor, stands up, looks at the pistol, makes a ridiculous face, and then runs stupidly out of the room. I it made me laugh out loud for thirty minutes straight. That one scene, right that there. That part
2: made you laugh, not the next part that yeah. follows.
0: Which when was what
2: stabbed by the corn on the cob. <laughs>
0: Oh the cor- yeah. No, she murdered him with a with an eaten corn on the cob through the back of the neck. Oh, no. She stabbed him with it. So he
2: goes down and they show a shot of the corn cob stuck in his back. But there's little pieces of corn around the wound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but they they came off when her hand slid down That's
2: it. Fine, but like, come on.
0: Oh, what about when she's outside with the gun? She shoots, like, the cop cars once with a handgun, <laughs> like, in the windshield or whatever. The cop the cop cars are blowing up one by one with one shot. There's a cop on fire from one of the <laughs> explosions. Literally. But if you look closely, it's like a cowboy. He's got, like, a cowboy
2: hat on. I'm like, what's happening? It's,
0: it's chaos at its finest. Then... Clovis is attacking people. He murders the woman. Uh, or no, there's there's a <laughs> there's so much going on. There's a cat army at one point. They're assembling throughout the entire town and walking down the streets. They're like prancing down the streets all together to go f- attack and go to war with, with this cat battle. the The woman's murdering cats left and right. She's crushing them with one hand. Oh
2: my god!
0: And then at one. At one point, there so there's they set up bear traps out yes. around their house, around their house to, to protect themselves Comes out from the nowhere,
2: cats. And just throws the bear trap at her.
0: At one point, somebody throws a bear trap at somebody else's head as a weapon. It's her and and it throws it cla- at the mom and it
2: like, onto her
0: head. Then my final note is after that is this is one of the best movies I've ever seen.
2: Bro, you totally skipped over the part where she, they're at the house and the son is now dead. He dies.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: Unless I thought he was dead, but the mom's using telepathy to make the son dance with the girl. And I'm like, what is
0: happening? When they're unable to to portray themselves as human beings and they're full-blown, hairless human cats, the physical... Whatever you call them, aesthetics were atrocious. This whole
2: movie was atrocious. And the only reason to watch it is because it's so bad, it's good. All
0: right, let's get into our characters. So Mick Garris, he's a B-rated horror movie king. Uh, you could tell real... So I'm going to lead into my best scene. And it's, it's an actually well-shot, well-directed, well-acted scene that's not, not a joke. So you remember the movie when he goes to meet the girl, Tanya? What's her name? Yeah. Not Tanya, Tanya
2: Robinson. Yeah. He wants to, he's going to
0: the movie theater. Tanya. It is Tanya. So he's going to the movie theater, and you get that panning shot from above the, the marquee of the movie. And then you see the title of the two horror movies that are playing there, and it sweeps into the door. She's there. He's walking in. You could see the affection that this man has for movies, movie theaters, his whole craft. You could see the affection that he has. You, that that he was he outdid himself there because the rest of the movie's a joke. But right there and then her interaction with him, he's the new kid, he's attractive, she's attractive, they like each other, they're awkward, they're high school kids, she's only seventeen years old, she's working there, she has a little dance scene that I thought was cool with she's listening to the headphones. Bro, you didn't think that, that was I thought that to be you didn't think that was well shot. I found
2: I mean maybe it was well shot, but it was well it was terribly danced and I just I don't know, and then she's then she's walking through the thing with him, and then she bumps into the thing, and the popcorn falls on her head. But like, why was the popcorn up there? I don't know. Like it was I, I, there was nothing about this movie I found good. Yeah, I just listen.
0: I uh, you and I disagree often, and this is another time where I'm going to say that I feel 180 degrees different about this scene than what you're telling me. I thought that this scene could have been in any movie at you. This would fit in a Tarantino movie seamlessly that scene. Everything else take it out. But this would have fit in a Tarantino movie seamlessly. All right. Anyway, that was my best All scene. Right. You don't have
2: a best scene cuz this whole movie was garbage. If I want to say the most fun I had in this movie, it was either in the woods when he loses his mind or when the sheriff gets deputy gets stabbed by the corn on the cob.
0: Uh, my worst scene was the corn on the cob because, like, as silly as this movie was, like, that's just—I don't know—that's out of the realm of. The whole movie was out of the realm of possibility, so I can't use that defense. But I just found it bothersome. Oh,
2: because corn would not stab through someone.
0: But nothing else would have happened either. It so probably like, just where are just we?
2: exploded or something. I don't know. <laughs>
0: like she could have put it through his eye, not through his his. Back. It was
2: boiled corn on the cob. Like it's soft. It's not going to. And <laughs> All right.
0: Anyway, moving on. My best role was Tanya. This girl, she was a good actress. I liked her. I mean,
2: I don't necessarily disagree with that. So I guess I'll join on board with that because I wasn't going to pick anybody. But she wasn't terrible. You're right. Uh, but she wasn't great either. But I guess you could put her in any movie as like a side character and you would never notice that she's out of place or think she's out of
0: place. I, my- my worst role was the guy Dan Martin, he's Andy Simpson, he was the sheriff, he was the cat owner. Yeah, the the cop. He was he was the worst actor hands down. In a in a room full of bad actors, he was the worst.
2: Well, I'm going to go with the worst character and I think Ron Perlman's character was the worst character cuz he was just this Pointless. What? I don't understand like what he was doing. Was he the sheriff or was he not the sheriff? Was he was he an idiot or was he not an idiot? Cuz at times I'm like, "Oh wow, okay, no, he's the smart one." Oh, no, wait. Oh, he's the idiot. Wait, he's the leader? No, wait, this guy's the leader. Like I had no idea what was happening because his character just wouldn't tell you, it just wouldn't show you what it was. So I Ron yeah. Perlman was bad. Just a poorly written
0: character. Yeah, well, <laughs> nothing was really well thought out <laughs> no. here. So it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I
2: guess me. not. I think they showed up on set and they they recorded that movie the way we record this podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, ha- haphazardly. <laughs> Alright, so most quotable lines, I already did my, my, so, my I, two. I did a
2: bunch too, and I don't think I have
0: anything else. I have written down cop kebab. Oh. Does that mean anything to no. you? No. I don't know what I wrote, why I wrote that. Because
2: you probably somebody who got stabbed by the corner of the cob, so you, thought, oh, you, were, you probably, thought you were being clever.
0: Yeah. Alright, yeah, I guess. That's... The only thing you know right. I
2: have is after she stabs him, she goes... No vegetables, no dessert. Those
0: are the rules. <laughs>
2: what the fuck
0: does that mean? Why, why did you? Oh my that? god! They tried to give her like an Arnie line, <laughs> just really fucked it up. <laughs> she They tried to. That's like her their version of an "I'll be yeah. back." Well, all
2: right, that was a movie,
0: <laughs> bro. Uh, listen, let me tell you something. So let's get to. Would you recommend this movie? I say one thousand percent you have to watch it. if you like
2: bad movies and you like horror schlock then yeah this is listen i'm not gonna lie to you i didn't i I enjoyed myself
0: was this the best time you had in all three of these movies it was bro i had a great time i don't want to say it was the best time i had
2: and we'll get to it with the next movie because i watched it with my kids so uh okay yeah i i I, so it was the first movie i actually got to watch with my kids so i enjoyed that one the most but like yeah i definitely had
0: a lot of fun watching this nonsense all right and then chris moving on to number one
2: and the number one movie this month beethoven earning 56.9 million dollars
1: throughout the history of motion pictures there have been many big dog stars toto had a big adventure Edie had a big appetite. Rin Tin Tin was a big hero. And Lassie had a big heart. You've come back! But now, Ivan Reitman, who brought you Ghostbusters, Kindergarten Cop, and Twins, proudly presents the biggest dog star of them all.
0: Yeah.
1: Beethoven. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Wherever there's trouble. <laughs> Wherever there's danger.
0: Oh my gosh, Emily's in the pool! Oh gosh, in the pool. Ah.
1: <laughs> Wherever there's food.
0: What? Oh, I just love these big dumb animals.
1: Look who's coming to the rescue.
0: Whoa! Dad. Honey.
1: With a little help from his friends. Sick boys! Really, hon? I never found you more
2: attractive. It's not even Saturday night. Driving me crazy.
1: George, who are you talking to? Charles Grodin. Beethoven. Ah! Beethoven. Roll over, Beethoven.
2: (laughs) Roll over, Beethoven. I don't know the words. Yo, I I love this movie, and I know it's entirely entirely nostalgia.
0: But I loved it. Okay, so I was dreading watching this movie yeah, you know. going into it. You like, talked about it for two like,
2: weeks telling me how yeah, you couldn't
0: Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't bear the thought of having to watch this movie. It, primarily because of Charles Groden. Like I, I texted group chat last night that Charles Groden looks like the boys have penises boys have penises, girls have vaginas, kid grown up from kindergarten cop. Which he really does. I kind of want to look up
2: the kid's picture. We definitely have a picture of him all growing up now. He's probably his age. I'm looking this up. So
0: I watched the movie, and I'm like, yeah, this is a more than serviceable family movie. Like this, I would watch this with the kids. My daughter had
2: so much fun with this movie. She loved watching the dog run around. My son, who's eight months old, was laughing hysterically every time the dog was on the screen. We had a great time, the three of us, watching this movie. It was great family fun. That's all I have to say.
0: That's that's that's. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So we give we've given credit to the writers on two of the these movies. I'm going to give credit to the writer on the third. So in my research that I'm doing after I finish the movie, this is written partially by John Hughes. Okay. You know, there's no surprise there then that you watch a family movie. And while this is far from his best, it's. It's not nearly as bad as I thought it was. I had a decent time watching the movie. Like, I, at parts, it was like, yeah, this is a little silly. Yeah, this is a little boring. Well, it's, but it's, all in all, as far as a family movie goes, it's a seven and a half out of ten. Right. It's,
2: it's meant to be over the top with the with the evil guys who are trying to get the dogs, right? They're super evil. The, the dog is super intelligent and super, like... Omnipotent because the dog knows things are happening like, miles away.
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
2: yeah, but like, but like, those are the things that like they're meant for the the little kids, right? It's meant to keep my three year old daughter entertained. It's meant to
0: keep, yeah, like you have to you have to make things. Like overly obvious for a kid to know that this guy's the bad guy right. and this guy's the good guy. Exactly.
2: And I and, and I said multiple times in, in my, when I'm taking my notes, I'm saying so far this is a very family friendly family film. It's a lot of fun. Like they they, they had funny moments that I thought when the dog peed on the biker chick, I thought that was funny. I think that's funny for anybody. Um
0: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, the, that
2: was... the guys robbing the pet store are being they're being outsmarted by the dogs, right? Kids are gonna love that nonsense. Um I said the dad reminds me of you because I imagine that that's exactly how you were when you got your dog.
0: <laughs> so at, at one point in taking my notes, I was like, "All right, this movie's getting a little bit relatable." <laughs> he's wa- he's got to walk the dog in shitty weather. The dog there's muddy paw prints all over the place. The dog is dirty. The dog smells. I was like, "All right, I can relate a little yeah, bit." Yeah, <laughs> and I'm
2: gonna spoil alert you here, but I'm getting right into it. My favorite scene was the montage of the dad having to deal with all the nonsense of the dog. And I'm just <laughs> watching him do all that stuff and I'm sitting here and I'm just like, you know, this is why I'll never own a dog.
0: <laughs> Facts. Don't ever own a dog. But anyway, yeah, so I just got a dog. My dog's like six months old or something like that. And the beginning was an absolute nightmare. Like I tried to get my tried to convince my wife to give him back multiple times. Now he's much better and you know, he's he's chill, but yeah, you're in for a lot of work if you get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who's listening. Absolutely. All right, so let's do some categories quickly. Uh, Actors in other roles. Charles Grodin plays George Newton. He's the dad. He's in Rosemary's Baby. He's in the 1976 version of King Kong, Midnight Run. So I married an axe murderer. Bonnie Hunt. This woman deserves way more recognition than I feel she gets. Uh, If you know her good, if you don't, she plays the mother, Alice. She's Sarah Whittle in Jumanji. She's in the Green Mile. She's in Rain Man. Jerry Maguire, A Bug's Life, Monsters Inc., Cheaper by the Dozen one and two. She plays Sally in the in the Cars series, the Disney's Cars series. She's in Zootopia, along with a bunch of others. Like she has a really good career. This she morning. had
2: her own show. Yeah, I mean she's a career like uh, what would you call it? Um, character actor and but. More so, too. Sometimes she's a
0: supporting actress. But also a quality yeah. actor, not just, like, the same thing. You know, she, she, I guess she plays, like, a motherly figure generally, but, you know, she's, I don't know. She did great in this movie, and I like her in everything I just mentioned, so. Is she
2: related to Helen Hunt? I don't know. Like are they are they related? I don't think they are. You have a Google. I'm, I'm I, and looking it, trying to figure it out, and I don't think they are. So I always thought then, that they were sisters, but
0: I don't think so. Then you have Dean Jones. This guy's been acting since, like, the 40s. Uh, he's the, the bad guy, Dr. Varnick. He's in Other People's Money that we did. He's also in Clear and Present Danger that's coming up. Then you have the kids. Uh, Nicole Tom is the daughter of Rice. She's in nothing else. Christopher Castile. I thought I knew him from other things, but I didn't. He's the son from Step that's By That's what step you know from him that th- from. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, but I thought... I thought he was in a movie or two, like a um like a ladybug sort of movie or whatever he's not, and then the girl Sarah rose Carr uh she's the daughter Emily she's the I'm not a police officer, I'm a princess from kindergarten cop, and then who else is in this, Chris because I ran out of the room
2: <laughs> so then we also have as the evil henchman, we have Oliver Platt and Stanley Tucci,
0: <laughs> and can I tell you? I'll 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 ruin it for for you. My worst role, aside from Charles Grodin, and, and I have one other that I'll I'll bring up when we get to worst role is Oliver Platt. Whatever Oliver Platt decided to do in this movie with this ridiculous lisp that he's going around with was he's I was I'm trying- a huge I, I'm a huge Oliver Platt fan. I hated him in this.
2: We gotta be honest, man. Like you're overdoing it because he's trying to be fun. He's trying to be hit whimsical like dummy in like the movie it. and really set things off for the kids is what he's trying
0: you make a valid awesome. you make a valid point but he could have done something else that could have been more effective whatever he did all i didn't like all it. right is that
2: what we're doing we're doing our worst role because i'll give you my worst role no. right now
0: <laughs> no let's go back go back i'm sorry i didn't mean to just jump forward so the plot of the movie is uh i'll do the plot of the movie
2: so the plot of the movie is a dog strolls into their house the family wants to keep the dog They want to get this dog, but little known to them is that there's this evil vet in town who's selling dogs to a gun manufacturer that wants to test their guns out on dogs. (laughs) And he wants a (laughs) large dog.
0: To check the effectiveness of the bullet in the dog's skull. That's (laughs) a little graphic for children,
2: isn't it? Right, and the whole thing is that this doctor is just trying to get his hands on their dog
0: because he's a big dog. And that's it. And they need they need a dog with a big. Star. And the
2: father doesn't want the dog, but he ends up falling in love with the dog, and that's the whole story that we're looking at.
0: And that's it. That's it. That that is it. So.
2: And somehow or another, um, David Duchovny works his way into this movie for no
0: reason at all. With with the wife from uh, Everybody Loves yeah, Raymond, Patricia Heaton.
2: Like they had they had zero role in this movie. They're just supposed to be trying to steal their company, but it had
0: no. They had no bearing on the rest of the movie. movie. It was a subplot. It was the worst subplot of all time. (laughs) They were like, they were the 90s yuppies who drive beamers. And then at one point they're asked, do you guys have kids? And then they laugh and go, ha ha ha, we have careers. (laughs)
2: They were only in this movie to serve as a vehicle for Beethoven to drag people around the town. That's
0: it. (laughs) For some, 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 some mild uh, antagonist for for Beethoven to take care. Yeah, of. that's
2: it. That's all it was. So all right. Um, I, there's not much to say about this movie. Like I, we kind of hit everything. Like it, it just was. It's a fun family movie about a family getting a dog, and the dog causes chaos because he's a big, big, smelly,
0: hairy dog. And well, I think that. A- one thing I I'm going to credit without any reason, only because I've seen so many of his movies and I'm just assuming that it was his hand that had, had, um, you know, the control of certain aspects was John Hughes, like the feel of the neighborhood was welcoming and warming. I
2: love the the scene where the dog is just where Beethoven's walking around and all the people are feeding him and he's meeting up with the dog that broke him out of the, uh, the puppy
0: yeah, male. and he feeds that yeah. dog. Like, oh, I feel like all, and then you know how nice the the street is that they live on. I feel like that was John Hughes, a hundred percent. Right. Um, uh, you the the story, like this story, as silly as it is, has a coherent plot the entire way through, and and it finishes the plot. Like you see, you see a resolution. Like I feel like. Without him being involved, this could have gone horribly bad.
2: Oh, without John Hughes, yeah,
0: yeah,
2: I, I agree because the the ending really wrapped up nicely. As a matter of fact, the the whole family coming together to save Beethoven and take down the evil doctor. Like, if you're a kid, you're like, that could be my family. Like, we yeah, could have yeah, been yeah. The one doing that, and yeah. It's it's super important and I don't to, think, to like I I don't think it's easy to, to portray that to a child, but that's exactly what it did.
0: Yeah. No, it, it was well done. I mean, like I said, family movie, seven and a half out of ten. What, what's with the father waking people up? I, Charles Grodin's character really was like nails on a chalkboard for me. Like everything he did was really upsetting yeah, to me. So annoying.
2: Just his Why door.
0: was he waking the family up at seven o'clock on a Saturday? Like that's such a tool bag thing to do. Like...
2: Maybe if they had yard work to do, but if you're starting a lawnmower at 7 a.m., I'm going to be pissed at you if I'm your neighbor.
0: And then, the, like, all of my negative notes are based around him. Like, what is he dressed like? Like, he's dressed, he's got his pants up around his fat gut. He's dressed like an idiot. His, his hair is a mess. on a
2: Saturday, like you said.
0: Like, what is he doing? Then every time something goes wrong with the dog, he's acting like an infant. He's like, she's like, his wife's, he, the dog gets his pants dirty or something. Then the wife's like, well, just change your pants. And then he goes on this little, like, almost like stomping his feet. Like, he's just shy of stomping his feet. He's like, if I change my pants and I have to change my shirt. If I change my shirt, I have to change my tie. If I change my tie, I have to change my shoes. If I change my shoes, I have to change my socks. I'm like, guy, what are you, three years old? Just go upstairs and change and shut up. He does remind me of somebody who goes up. Me? Get out of here, bro. If Elena was down here on this podcast, she'd be saying the same exact thing right okay. now. Anyway, I don't know. He was a tool bag. He looks like a tool. He does tool bag things. I didn't like him.
2: Oh, can I just point out one thing in this movie that just blew my mind? Yeah. Dude. This has nothing to do with anything with the dog or anything at all. Remember when the girls watching the kids play basketball in the gymnasium? I'm like she's the one kid. Yeah. Why are those yeah. kids so aggressively sweaty?
0: <laughs> Why are they they're they're aggressively sweaty but playing the most half-hearted game of half court basketball you've Bro, ever they seen? Look like, There's zero defense. They
2: look like they just came out of swimming pools. Like they are so sweaty. I've never seen such a sweaty person in my life, and I'm like, what is happening?
0: They're like the game of basketball that they showed on screen was like it was a missed shot a rebound that just fell in somebody's lap, a pass, and an uncontested shot. But yet, they and it was half-court basketball, but yet they were all pouring sweat. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was the last point of the game and they were tired. I
2: like that we both noticed this and have such distinct memories of it. I
0: don't know. All right, let's hit our topics, man. It's late. Yeah. All right. Best... Written by John Hughes and the other girl was Amy Holden Jones. Director was Brian Levant. He did Problem Child 2. <laughs> the the Flintstones. Jingle All the Way. Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas. Are we there yet? And Spy Next Door. I love so Jingle I think, All the Way. I think we could it's safe to say that this guy loves his PG slash PG thirteen movies. Yeah,
2: He knows how to reach the kids.
0: I guess. I my my best scenes, I had a couple. Um I'll do one by one so I don't st- step on any of yours just, potentially.
2: Just pick one. Just pick one. We've, done, I, we've no, done a bunch. They're of these
0: simple. Here. Beethoven saves Emily from drowning. That's a fun scene. I, I the
2: only reason I wouldn't pick that one is because I like and I know, and I'm and I'm getting too deep for a kids movie. I just don't like how Beethoven's miles away yet knows this kid's drowning. That bothered me. Okay, yours. <laughs> like I said, my best scene is when he's just walking around town. And he's just getting food from all the neighborhood people. Everybody loves Beethoven. He's just the most lovable creature. And he brings his one little friend, like a 12-inch hot dog. And the hot dog is bigger than the dog.
0: I it's, I, I do one more best scene. I had three, but the other one was silly. So when when uh, the father punches out the doctor towards the end, and the whole family's like cheering him on like, Dad, that was great. I can't believe you did that. And then the wife... It's like, really, honey, I've never found you more attractive. <laughs> it's just her delivery of that line. maybe. Because yeah. he was such a so.
2: pussy the whole rest of his life until that moment. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> right, worse scene? I, I have a feeling we're going to have the same worse scene. Because it's the scene when, when
0: the father gets into the bed and thinks it's the wife. Why are we on the same page? I was like, I know this is coming, and please don't do this. I was like, movie, please don't do this to because
2: me. Because it's... First of all, hold on. What did I write here? Like, oh, baby, it's not even Saturday night. I didn't need those words.
0: No, and then he said something about, his mommy feeling naughty or something like that? And I almost threw up in my mouth. It was,
2: it was a little bit too much. And what, who, what, what person would get licked by a dog on the back of their neck and think it was their
0: wife? <laughs> it's a suspension of disbelief, sir. Suspension of disbelief. Oh, my God. It was terrible. All right. That's that's the exact worst scene that I had. So, <laughs> best role, Beethoven, Bonnie Hunt. Uh, Bonnie was very, Yeah, look, if we're
2: talking about actual acting in the movie, yeah, Bonnie Hunt was the best part of this movie. She was like you said. When, the, when what's his name, like the husband, Groden. When Groden's on Charles screen, Grodin. man, he's just such a it's brutal. He's a chore. It's, he's a chore to listen yeah.
0: to. Yes, that's the best way to describe him. He's he needs to be tolerated.
2: Yeah. Uh, The kids were fine, but kid acting is never top-notch. You you very rarely get a kid who really steals a show. The the kids did what you needed the kids to do. The dog, I'm amazed at how well-trained that dog was. He just, I I loved it. I loved how he was He did a great job. I I really liked the dog. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dog guy. I don't know.
0: No, he was good. worst role? Worst
2: role, I don't want to pick dad but i I have to pick the dad because he annoyed
0: me the most he's by far the worst oliver platts a close second and then uh, lastly a weird third i have is the prosthetic beethoven head with the bulging eyes like i every time they pulled that i couldn't understand why they decided to do that you don't you never notice the close-ups like every now and again where beethoven it was clearly not the real dog and his face would just be like no, I didn't notice. Oh, it, it, it happened happen maybe three times throughout the movie and really bothered me every single time. Well, like I said, I
2: was watching with my three-year-old and my eight-month-old, so I probably was distracted. Quotable lines? Oh, baby, it's not even Saturday night.
0: <laughs> Why is that in your quotable line? It's lines?
2: not. It just, I was just thinking about know. If, right. I didn't write any quotes down. I'm just realizing now. I didn't write any quotes down.
0: So the only one the only other one that I liked because it was relatable was he takes Beethoven to the vet to the doctor and the doctor goes here for his shots and and uh, Groden goes yes and he goes well he'll be a little groggy this evening and then Groden goes ah oh, that'll be nice <laughs> I was like yeah that sounds nice to me too
2: No oh you know what other line was good when he's getting interviewed after they the the, the they he saves the dog and the family, and then yes. the reporter's like, "Have you always been a dog lover?" And he's like, "Um, well, maybe not. Not as much as now." As now. Thank you. That <laughs> <laughs> <So awkward. laughs> was like the one line that he delivered. That I was like, "Yeah, that was great."
0: <laughs> yes, I agree.
2: <laughs> Would you recommend it? If you got kids, one thousand percent.
0: Okay. And, and yeah. like obviously,
2: as an adult, you're not going to sit down with your wife or your husband or whatever and be like, "Oh, what a great movie." But you know, you got a five year old,
0: you're gonna you're gonna enjoy. It. Okay, um, you?
2: Do you would you recommend this movie?
0: Yeah, sure. For a family movie, yes. You could do much much worse. But if you're a grown adult and you're gonna sit there and watch this by yourself, no. Or <laughs> may, then there's something wrong with you.
2: Stop listening to our podcast. So this was April of 1992,
0: right? Yeah, it was. We're moving on to May. It's a short month for movies, and it's uh, it's a really wide array of what we have to look at. Oh, I'm not lord. looking forward to it. Oh lord! So we have to watch *Lethal Weapon* three. That's okay. I'll definitely do a Mel Gibson Danny Glover movie. The *Lethal Weapon* franchise is good. You know, one being great, two and three being okay. *Alien* I thought, three. I thought
2: *Lethal Weapon* four was better than two and three.
0: Yeah, that's that's probable. And then I have to watch Sister Act. Oh god I gotta Sister watch Act a Whoopi Goldberg
2: cool. movie. Oh my god, how did I get hundred and thirty nine million dollars?
0: And then we also have Encino Man this month. <laughs> Eric's gonna die that he doesn't get to do Encino <laughs> Man on this podcast.
2: But <laughs> he'll get to talk about it. That's what he'll have to do.
0: Alright, so anyway, this was uh another month. You know what though? I think we enjoyed
2: things. ourselves though, as much as like we're saying we didn't. We had
0: fun. I had a great time watching that Stephen King movie, man. That was the best time I've had in a long time. All right. Wow, it's eleven so, o'clock,
2: and yeah, I need to go yeah, shower so, and shave before I go to bed. So
0: we're gonna we're gonna tighten this up next week. Trust me, people, it'll be tighter. Tighter,
2: tight, toy, tight toy like a tiger.
0: Toy tight toy like a tiger. All right.